Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the program. This is Abbott Speaks, and I am Michael Abbott Jr. You're tuning into a broadcast that is dedicated to exploring current events through a biblical lens, and it represents one ordinary man's search for wisdom in an increasingly postmodern culture. I want to thank you for listening and making this program part of your busy day. On today's program, we are going to address one of the highest values of the modern world. The inspiration for today's podcast is brought to you in part by The Emotional Hypothesis, Modern Science's Substitute for Empirical Research, and by Progressivism. Trust us, we're not a religion. And finally, the loyal interest of dedicated listeners like you. I've entitled today's program, Climate Change is the Epitome of Human Arrogance. Your 10-minute road to wisdom begins right now. think of arrogance, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Is it a self-aggrandizing speech from a major Hollywood actor? What about when former President Obama posed for a selfie during Nelson Mandela's funeral? And lest anyone call me a partisan, with all due respect, I couldn't fault you if you had initially responded with the name of our current sitting president of the United States of America. Donald Trump is far from a humble man. These examples certainly illustrate isolated instances of arrogance, but if we were to create a device that could measure the severity of arrogance in the culture, none of these examples would even appear on the radar. Why? Well, as suggested in James chapter 4, verse 14, mere mortals are just a passing mist that appear for a while and then vanish from the earth. So to broaden our search for arrogance, we need to scrutinize something that transcends individual human life. If we want to understand what transcends human life, we just need to remember that faith undergirds the human spirit. Faith is what one generation imparts upon the next to ensure that the values and principles of the present will endure well into the future. The prevailing objectives and ambitions of the secular world prove that atheists and agnostics demonstrate a deeply, deeply rooted faith in the unseen. But wait, you're thinking, I thought there was a separation of church and state. Well, that is always the claim. But when you step outside of these empty claims to assess the actions and initiatives receiving the most passion and attention in our world, in other words, what is most heavily evangelized, you will soon find a rampant secular evangelism that permeates and pervades American culture. So let me explain by starting with the big picture, or the view from 10,000 feet. How do we know that secularism or secular humanism is a religion? Well, this faith is rooted in three core beliefs. The absolute sovereignty of man. The idea that human beings can perfect a system of human government. And the notion that this government can deliver society into a utopian living experience through the collective pursuit of social justice. As the believer knows full well, you cannot embrace these ambitions as even being possible while at the same time believing in man's sinful nature. How can we create utopia if we're sinful at our core? This violates the scriptural affirmation that we are to affix our mind on the heavenly realm. If heaven were attainable of our own creation, then by implication, we would be fixing our mind on earthly things. 
For these and many other reasons, secular humanism and Christianity are wholly incompatible worldviews. Now, let's narrow this big picture down a bit by focusing on a recent speech given by one of the high priests and evangelical leaders of the Church of Secular Humanism, Mr. Al Gore. Al Gore recently gave a speech before the EcoCity World Summit in Melbourne, Australia. Here's a quick excerpt from that speech. Global warming is, in the tradition of all the great moral causes that have improved the circumstances of humanity throughout our history, the abolition of slavery, women's suffrage, and women's rights, the civil rights movement, and the anti-apartheid movement in South Africa, the movement to stop the toxic phase of nuclear arms, and more recently, the gay rights movement. Gore is preaching the prevailing faith of the Western world in the 21st century, which is a steadfast belief in man's ability to destroy planet Earth. But interestingly, this belief has nothing to do with the development of weapons of mass destruction, nuclear technology, or uranium reserve enrichments around the world. Al Gore contends that we have a great moral cause to eliminate global warming just as prior generations had a great moral cause to grant women the right to vote or end the practice of slavery. Gore is contending that man has the ability to control and regulate the Earth's climate. Now, to claim that man has the power to control the Earth's climate, you must first believe that man has a greater influence on the Earth's climate than the sun. Now, that's indeed quite a claim. For if the sun were indeed a greater variable to the Earth's climate than the collective actions of human beings, then Gore's great moral cause would be an impossible undertaking from the outset. Of course, pursuing an impossible undertaking is par for the course for the everyday leftist. These are the same people who've launched the, quote, war on poverty, despite Christ's assertion that the poor will always remain among us. You cannot believe that we can win the war on poverty without also believing that Jesus Christ was a liar. But back to the matter at hand. The only way we can sidestep this argument would be to reject the notion that the sun has anything to do with the Earth's climate in the first place. Now, obviously, this claim can easily be refuted by observing climate and temperature differences between day and night. Of course, the leftist rejects this argument by craftily detaching and isolating temperature as a sole and separate matter completely independent of climate. You know, kind of like the same way that biological sex has nothing to do with gender. But we have to place on record the contention that Gore is making. Man is more powerful than the sun. Now, in the realm of science, this constitutes the hypothesis. The scientific method would then require us to subject this claim to some form of testing. Now, in this instance, I believe a simple logical test is more than sufficient to meet our needs. So, in the great test of might, this sure seems like a battle of David versus Goliath. On the surface, the sun would appear to be the mighty Goliath, while man is holding the sling of David. But this is science, so let me be the first to set aside my prejudice and be purely objective with this testing. So let's start with the sun. Longtime listeners of the program, I have to beg your forgiveness as I will repeat for the third time now a scientific fact that by now you are undoubtedly aware, and I am drilling this into your head for a reason. 
But for the purposes of our test, it remains valid, so let me return to this truth one more time. The sun is a perfect sphere of hot plasma whose total mass is 330,000 times that of Earth. For comparative purposes, the total mass of a 170-pound human being is 33,000 times that of a 10-cent dime. So, as you know, 33,000 is one-tenth of 330,000. So, picture a little dime in your hand, the smallest coin currently in circulation, and now cut it into 10 different pieces. I need to provide you with this visual so you can really appreciate the fears of the climate alarmist. So picture a 170-pound human being standing alongside one-tenth of one dime. Now, the climate alarmist is essentially channeling all of his or her efforts into regulating the impact of that sliver of a dime. But of course, that's academic, so let me portray another visual. I really want to stay in the arena of mathematics here because nothing screams quality radio quite like integrating technical concepts with fractions. You're welcome. So here's another visual. There are currently seven and a half billion, with a B, human beings living on planet Earth. According to National Geographic, an outfit largely revered by the religious left, if every one of these individuals stood shoulder to shoulder, the entire world's population could fit within the 500 square miles of Los Angeles, California. Now, the total landmass of planet Earth is 197 million square miles. Now, you want to know something even more fascinating? If you were to somehow extract Los Angeles out of planet Earth, the Earth would be slightly more than 330,000 times the landmass of the 500 miles that is Los Angeles. So, here's where the math comes in. Los Angeles represents 0.0003% of Earth, while the Earth represents 0.0003% of the Sun. That means that all of humanity can stand on a landmass representing 0.0000009% of the Sun. Just how arrogant is the religious left in their militant evangelism of the gospel of climate change? The left believes with every fiber in their body that human beings, a collection of individuals who stand upon 0.0000009% of the sun's total mass, are in fact more powerful than the sun itself. Now, the natural reaction of any leftist when I lay out all these facts will be this. We don't believe man's more powerful than the sun. That's preposterous. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're a liar. Ah, yes, the timeless strategy of deflect, redirect, and ridicule to sidestep the uncomfortable need to defend your position. So while you're doing that, let me return to the teachings of the high priest. Al Gore said, quote, we have a great moral cause to eliminate global warming, end quote. You cannot resolve the logical test inherent in this position without first conceding that man is the most powerful entity in the solar system. If literally anything else has greater power, then the calling of the day in the eyes of Mr. Gore is simply impossible. Now let me add one additional point to illustrate this arrogance. Humanist progressives believe that the earth is four and a half billion with a B years old. If that is indeed the case, you have to concede that the Earth is highly durable. 
the Earth has endured ice ages, countless earthquakes, temperature extremes, and even nuclear warfare. Yet in spite of all this durability, if you fail to act right now by recycling your plastic bottles, driving hybrid cars, and installing solar panels on your home, the Earth will be no match for the mighty power of our generation. I, I mean, do they listen to themselves? The Earth can't possibly endure without the assistance of fragile humanity? Seriously? My goodness, how self-absorbed could you possibly be to believe that the might of man represents the epicenter of galactic power and it must be curbed to save the entire planet? Give me a break. You know, I've been reading a pretty compelling book recently and I came across an excerpt that I found pretty enlightening and I really wanted to share it with you. It said, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. Now, if this were indeed true, the perpetual doomsday fear of the progressive is an invalid undertaking from the outset. I highly encourage you to share these counterpoints the next time you hear climate change disciples violating their ostentatious church and state limitation by shamelessly evangelizing the gospel of climate change in the workplace. Aren't we supposed to withhold our faith from the marketplace? Well, that is going to be all the time we have to spend together this week. Uh, this episode represents a small milestone for the Abbott Speaks program. We now have 10 episodes available for your download. If you're new to the program, uh, this is the longest podcast that's available. And as you look at the clock, you're probably seeing it's only at 13 minutes and 45 seconds. So my personal mission is to limit these programs to just 15 minutes so you can complete an entire episode in the amount it takes you to drive anywhere. There are a number of methods in which you can help support the program. If you're enjoying the content, you can do it on a spectrum that involves no financial investment or a small financial investment. If you are like most people, if you are like me, sometimes you like to help people from a bit of a distance while you're still figuring out if you really like their brand. Uh, you can subscribe to the iTunes channel. Uh, you could write a review, actually, if you go onto the podcast app, uh, search for Abbott Speaks, and then you'll see right through there, you can actually write a listener review. I'd greatly appreciate that. You can rate the program anywhere from one to five stars. Uh, so it's nice to know that I'll at least get one star. There is no zero star option. Uh, you could share a copy of the podcast through Facebook. Um, use my handle, at Abbott Speaks. Engage with me. Uh, send me a message. Reach out to me on my website, abbottspeaks.com, too. Uh, and if you're on the financial investment side, I do have a book on the market. It is called Entitled to Slavery. It is available on Barnes & Noble. It is available on Amazon. It's available on a number of online merchants. But I'm actually going to direct you, if you're interested in that, to pick it up on my website at abbottspeaks.com. That actually would benefit me the most and enable me to reinvest the resources back into the program. Uh, so head over to the, to the store, take a look at what that's all about, and pick it up if it looks intriguing to you, and pick one up for a friend. And I'm more than happy to autograph a copy for you, if that is at all appealing to you. So, until next time, I bid you farewell. Be bold with your faith, strong in your convictions, and courageous in the workplace.